How can the ancient power and wisdom of the vagina strengthen your relationship? We're so glad that you're here because you're choosing to thrive in your relationship. Guys, welcome to The Betrayed, The Addicted, and The Expert, a Beyond Enough production. Hi, I'm Ashlyn, the once betrayed. I'm Kobe, the once addicted. And I'm Brandon, the expert. And he's definitely an expert. You've been working to help couples with their extreme challenges for like 15 years, right? Yeah, a long time. And I'm glad that I'm here with you guys sharing your vulnerable story. And I hope that it helps our listeners as well. Absolutely. And if you need some help getting started, we have a free resource over at beyond-enough.com forward slash step one. And that's one, the number. It provides the first key steps to healing your relationship, regardless of how tough things are right now. All right, guys, let's roll. All right, guys, interesting question. We're going to address that right after we read a review. So this is called uh, So Grateful. It says, I stumbled upon this podcast searching for someone to validate uh, what my marriage was going through. Learned what betrayal trauma was. Now are finally on the right path to healing. Thank you for being so vulnerable and real. Knowing we are not alone has been life-saving. Appreciate the pod. I appreciate the uh, the review, the podcast, and uh, glad that this has been life-saving. That's exactly why we have this. Yep, that's what keeps us coming every week, is make people know they're not alone. All right, so I'm excited. We have Miss April Davis with us today, and she's a compelling speaker, creative consultant, visual artist, and wordsmith. And she's been featured in magazines, podcasts, and on stage sharing her wisdom, her humor, and knowledge as a creator of the Vagina Blog and the Vagina Blog Podcast, which I both, I follow both. So there you go. Um, her passion and drive have created an entire community around the female body health as she empowers women and vagina owners to love themselves fully while focusing on bringing light to taboo topics that we just don't talk enough about, like sex, periods. Um, along with self-love and positivity. So April is here because when I got to hear her presentation um, at a conference I went to, it really affected the way that I looked at my own body, but also Kobe and I talking about it um, and realizing how important it is for us to just open that dialogue rather than it's this thing that I have and we're just not going to talk about it, but he might use it against me. Um, type of thing. So I just thought it was valuable for hopefully both parties in a relationship to be listening to what April has to say. And so that's why she's here today. And I'm glad to be here. Yay. All right. So April, I mean, the, I think the title of the presentation that you gave was, um, and what was it? Capitalizing like, on your menstrual, on your menstrual cycle. cycle. Yes. And to me, when you start just the ability, like, oh, it's not just this one week period that, you know, is looked at as my entire life. I'm 40 years old mm -hmm. and my period, my menstrual cycle was just this thing that I was like, I'm not going to talk to really anyone about. Um, and it was kind of in the way it wasn't planned you know, but you said planning vacations around it, you know, plan my work around it when I'm creative and when I'm not feeling creative, there were so many parts of your presentation that really struck me, but also related to our own relationship and why things were flowing and energy was good. And then when the energy went bad and it was cool because when I started talking about it with Kobe, he said, well, well, I, I only started tracking my period a year ago. Okay. So mm -hmm. 39 and finally stepping into, I should probably understand what's going on here. Um, so and the, everything I'm feeling, right? Um, and Kobe said, well, yeah, I started kind of seeing that too and following along rather than just being blindsided. Mm -hmm. And it's really helped our relationship. Would you say? I, I will say that um, having you listen to April in her presentation it opened multiple doors into that we, we exist as partners. And um, there were a lot of dots that were connected. And I began to, uh, to, to see you with more empathy, excuse me, an understanding mm -hmm. for what you were going through. But I had, I told you when you returned and we were sharing 
uh, what you learned from April, I was like, well, I'm for, I don't know how long it's been, probably two years. I identify Ashlyn when you were on your cycle or about to, and typically um, I would be like, okay, Ashlyn's going to start her cycle and I just need to just ease back on my expectations of how she's going to be or not try not to take things as certainly in those places because historically I would use Ash, I actually would use your cycle as ammunition against you and I would gaslight you and, and resentments would build. But once I began to, um, to lead you with some compassion, it was like, Oh, I'm just not going to take this seriously. But then me, what would happen in any, you know, challenging interactions. But then furthermore, once you came back and you're like, it's not just this week. It was just like, because I would observe Ashley say, I would literally watch you like, I don't want to answer those emails. Oh my gosh. I don't want to mm-hmm. like, I don't want to do that. Like listen to these people. And then I began to see what things were like. And I saw the writing on the wall and it was like, oh wow, this is like different. So it was eye opening for both of us in a really big way. Yeah, and it's also right. increased our, uh, our, uh, our experience sexually in a pronounced way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can, can I ask April a question? Um, and, and it's hearing Ashton and Kobe, hearing you guys talk about her presentation and how much it's changed your life. Um, it's, it's really intriguing to me. And uh, on a, on a personal level, I've been really looking forward to talking about menstrual cycles today. And, but, but I'm wondering April for you, maybe, maybe a little backstory for our audience. Like, how do you, how do you all of a sudden build a platform on vaginas? I mean, how, how, you know, how, how do you go about literally? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, like, like, how did you get started and, and get into this and notice how, how it really is beneficial to, to people? And, and if you could just kind of give a little bit of background to, yeah. to that. Absolutely. So um, my background comes, uh, my medical training is in emergency. So I, I did emergency medicine in college. Um, and, but I also did uh, digital motion picture production. So I have a really, really varied background in schooling. Um, I when I had my second baby, I had, I'd really worked hard on how I wanted my birth to go with my first and it was really close. And I was like, okay, I have a better grasp on how I want my second birth to go. So I read everything I could get my hands on every midwifery textbook, every birth book out there. I was just reading and reading and reading and learning and learning. And, um, had a really incredible second birth. And at that point I became really interested in working in birth. And so I decided I wanted to become a doula. And as I was looking to become a doula, I happened to meet a midwife's assistant and I started working for a nurse midwife as an assistant. And the nurse midwife that I worked for um, not only had a midwifery practice, but also was our nurse practitioner for our Planned Parenthood. Um, And so she was doing not only obstetrics but a lot of gynecological care so I was able to kind of get a good look into what was going on in gynecology what was going on in birth um I started taking on my own clients as a doula so I was now seeing birth in the home setting and the hospital setting quite a bit and then I worked as a birth photographer on top of it so then I got to see what birth looked like when uh they didn't necessarily like when you're there as a doula there's a very different attitude you get from a doctor than when you're there as a photographer when you're there as a photographer you're a fly on the wall you kind of get to see how women are treated without them thinking anyone's there to protect them necessarily um because mm-hmm. it's a different attitude and so you know really got into the nuances of like what healthcare looks like for women not only you know from my own experiences but also witnessing what other people were going through Um, after I had my third child being on call like that was just not an option. My, one of my kids has some health concerns and stuff. And so I was like, what in the world am I supposed to do with all this information? I know all these things about fertility charting. I know all this stuff about birth and all this stuff about menstruating. I mean, it's, what do I do? (laughs) So naturally (laughs) the vagina blog was born. I love it though. It's a well, good mix. You sound more than qualified to, and uh, you're you're an expert about vaginas, really. I, I spend a lot of time with a lot of vaginas, you guys. I've seen many of vulva, so. <laughs> um, all right. So transitioning into the menstrual part of it, um, 
so uh you know we we want to speak both to to women in empowering them to to really um see their cycle and accept their cycle and and for men or partners to to be able to um embrace that cycle as well and ashlyn you were saying earlier like this isn't just a week um so could you walk us through like what is what does that what does that mean then if it's not just a week if it's not just pms um mm -hmm. then what does that mean well so i i use a couple really great analogies from nature because i feel like it's we see this every day so it's really easy so one thing that i talk about is um we're we're being raised in a very masculine society it's really catering to masculine energy you know people say you know patriarchy whatever you want to call it our society caters to that and i feel like our generation has very much been raised to suppress ignore like it's shove a tampon in there and take some pain medication and just keep plowing through your day because that's what you're supposed to do yep. i mean you look at any advertisements you see for things like tampax always it's girls in white leotards doing handstands you know and like like you want to do that when you're yes. on your period like it is ridiculous what we have kind of you know i feel like our mother's generation was just ashamed our generation was like no you can do anything men can do you can do bleeding like we really are high on that like i'm going to fit myself into this masculine mold and just keep on going and i i kind of want to maybe share a, a better way <laughs> to yeah. do things huh? and an example that i love to use is if you go outside during the day and you look up at the sky you'll see the sun and it's a big yellow ball it rises in the east it sets in the west it does the same thing every single day it's on a 24-hour cycle easy peasy that's the sun masculine energy males you guys are the sun you, your boom, hormone boom. cycle completes in 24 hours so you're, you're the same every single day your hormones shift through the day you do the same thing every single day you're the sun now if you go outside at night and you look up at the sky what do you see where is she what size is she what what's she doing is she even there or is she resting we're the moon the moon's I on a 28 day cycle just like we're on a 28 to 32 ish day cycle and sometimes we need to be resting sometimes we need to be full and bright but when it comes down to it like we're the moon you would never expect the moon to be the sun. You would never expect the moon to live the same lifestyle as the sun. We're only the, hormonally the same 12 days a year. Oh my gosh. Wait, repeat that, please. <laughs> Women are only hormonally the same 12 days a year. So what the hell does that mean? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like that might've been a funny question, but it's like literally like, now I don't what? even know what that means. Like you're really. married to 30 different versions of the same person. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> oh boy. Oh man. Yeah. But look at the moon. What is she up to tonight? Yeah. You know, like when you go outside and you observe that and you really internalize that, it really starts to like, there's this internal piece I feel like that comes to with it of like, Oh, I don't have to keep fitting my, my yeah. circle size body into the square hole anymore. This isn't my game. I'm not the sun. Mm -hmm. I'm the moon. Yeah. I love that. I love it. And it's interesting because even just that analogy, it makes sense. I hope it makes sense to everyone mm -hmm. listening. We are not the same. No. And no. And it, and Kobe's off in deep thought right now. Legit. I don't know where he's at. Head spun. Head spun. <laughs> um, but it is, it can be this like just acceptance yep. of self, of your partner, of that he's showing up the same, more the same every day than I am. Yeah. And I think that both ways, acceptance. So oh, 100% because we're, I don't know, guys, I just feel like I love having a life partner. Like it's I, my husband, you know, I love having the balance of the two of us, especially when it comes to raising our kids together. I'm so grateful for the partnership that you can enjoy when you balance a, having a, you know, a masculine and a feminine energy. And that's, that's the funny thing is, is even my, my friends who maybe are in same sex relationships, I even see that there tends to be a more masculine and a more feminine there. 
I think the yin and the yang of it all can be so beautiful and so balanced. And aren't we so glad that we are not necessarily having to compete in the same box? We're two different critters. Okay. So with that, with that being said, April, and I get what you're saying is like, we're different. So how ought, speak to me, speak to the dude Mm -hmm. who's listening with that said, and understanding that there's a difference between Ashlyn and I, between the listener and their partner, then what for the dude? What do they need to keep in mind? Okay, we're different, but therefore what? So um, we can walk through, let's talk seasons. Let's talk the seasons of the menstrual cycle and, and how we can kind of work with those, right? Because I think partners can really quickly find a way to also work with those instead of against it. Um, so typically winter would be when you're menstruating. That's when you're bleeding. Winter, typically, what do we like to do in winter? We love to hibernate, right? Menstruating is no different. We want to be warm, snuggled, quiet, left alone, intuitive. I just want to be in my bed. That's pretty much all, <laughs> all I want. <laughs> um, winter April, also. April, April, April. Yeah. When you say snuggled, you don't mean snuggled by the partner. You mean like sure. just snuggled up, maybe <laughs> snuggled by the partner, maybe not. As long right? as that looks like just a supporting, loving. <laughs> Only snuggling. <Gentle. laughs> I mean, that's, so that's the other thing too, for me personally, we used to have a ton of intercourse while I was on my period. And I just, I don't know, the older I've gotten, the more I'm like, why am I trying to prove something here? I don't need to. Right. Like, I'm, I'm good. I'm crampy and I'm angry. I don't. but for some intercourse is a great way to relieve cramps it's a fantastic time to really consider things like mutual masturbation because it is orgasms are fantastic for cramps you know so maybe it's not intercourse maybe it's doing some other activities that are intimate and fun you know Mm -hmm. and that would be a a good discussion to have (laughs) you know and so mm. keep going keep going well, so, so that's our winter, right? That's, that's menstruation. And so much of what goes with winter really matches up with, with your menstruating time. From there, we head into spring. That's our follicular phase. Spring is fantastic. This is when you'll see an energy surge. And for me, I hate being down. I don't like being tired. I don't like not being able to do everything I want to do. And so when I'm in that winter window, all I do is intuitively try to process and think through what I'm going to do as soon as my energy returns. And there's this beautiful forgiveness that you can start to kind of have for yourself where you're like, today I am tired, but in four or five days, I won't be tired. I will be full of energy and I will want to clean the whole house. I will want to organize every single thing that we own. I will want to go out there and kill it with my business. You know, like it is, that's, you'll get this energy. I'm going to homeschool the kids. (laughs) <laughs> after we alphabetize the family library like that, you know, so that that's that follicular phase you head into this spring you get all this energy so when you start to sh- to shift into thinking through let's say you have a project coming up at work menstruation's a good time to be thinking through the ins and outs follicular follicular phase right after your menstruation that's a good time to execute right okay from spring we head into ovulating this can is, i stop you here yes yes because go ahead. i have i have an experience that i have not shared with brandon or our producer matt but when we we just finished recording a um a course for women a betrayal trauma course and there brandon's like oh no what um but there was like a week where i'm like i'm not feeling it this week like i i'm not going to record this week and it um i don't think i recorded on the podcast i didn't show up uh we didn't record that week for the the program but when we did and it it was because of that i was just uh, so many emotions i was tired i was not feeling the the flow of like i i want to get and we give so much right oh yeah that Sometimes I'm like, I can't give to anyone mm-hmm. right now. I have to give to me. And mm-hmm. so the great thing was they're easy. Like they are like, okay, no problem. They keep doing the podcast without me. They, uh, we pause and we come back the next week. And it, for me, I know it was one of the best courses I think we've put together because the, the energy, the flow, like everything was right there. And, you know, they show up as them and they're awesome all the time. <laughs> I'm not, I I have that, that kind of roller coaster where I feel a little less giving a little like heavy and I can't Mm -hmm. take this on. So there's a, Uh, Ashlyn, Ashlyn, I do want to say, you know, your, 
you know, you're probably one of the closest women in my life other than my spouse, right? That I, that I spend time with, that I work with, that I, and um, that I was, I knew that. I I knew (laughs) what was going on. And, and so, and, and, you know, I could have gotten frustrated, taken it personally, or wow, here's Ashton. Now she's really, I knew what was going on. I think Mm -hmm. Matt knew what was going on. And, and it was, it's a beautiful thing. And I think when masculinity can embrace that feminine flow, that feminine cycle, it can really work well, especially in a marriage. So, okay, yeah. back to the, back to the seasons. Yeah. I mean, so we're only we're... going through this so we can create life for you guys. No biggie. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a small job that yes. you're doing. <laughs> But that's, that's the theme. Like it's people's because I can see it goes through people's minds. Like we really bristle at this. Like, no, 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 no. I can, I can still, I can power through. I can power through. No, I don't, I don't need to rest. We're so trained. We are so, so steeped in this, this culture, you know, that we really have, have grown up in. But I just once like the proofs in the pudding. And I talked about this in my presentation too. The U S women's soccer team made a decision to start working with their cycles instead of against them. They trained them differently wherever they were in their cycle, they trained differently. So like that spring and summer, that follicular and ovulation time, that's a great time. That's when you need to be lifting heavy. That's when you'd be running a lot. When you head into fall luteal phase of menstruation, that's when you take it more easy on, on the working out. That's a good time to be doing more of the yoga and the stretching and the walking and the not so much of the heavy. And when they started to cater to them that way, when they started to change their sleep habits on based on where they were, their cycle, they took the world cup, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) I loved that example. It's insane that in 2010, they were like, you know, we've been treating them all like men this whole time. What if, what if That's we train crazy. them like women and train them like women? What if we did that? <laughs> yeah, you know? how they show up. Yeah. And so, so we, we no, were talking about regular phase. April, we had the ovulation. Oh yeah, go ahead. Hang on, April. Sorry, we can't get through all the seasons because we got to keep talking. But I know, um, I know. You're saying it's crazy that in 2010, they finally figured out that these women were women. Um, <laughs> but you know what's even crazier? That in 2020... Most of the men that I work with haven't figured out that their their wives are women. Mm-hmm. They're still like, why are why are you why? Back this way? How come you're that way? Have it just chill out, flow with it, like accept it, right? Yeah, so, support it. Yes. And you know the other thing too is I'm like, if you're gonna pick a matriarchal or a patriarchal culture, why wouldn't you guys want to get on board with the matriarchy? There's a lot more resting. <laughs> there's a lot more hibernating <laughs> so true why are we all fighting this seriously <laughs> who came up with this crap in the first place why did we end up in a masculine culture <laughs> so yeah so it's okay so ovulation ovulation is a fantastic time we feel sexy we want to be on camera we want our picture taken we want to we want to do all the things we want to show up we want to go to the parties we want to be social Ovulation, I mean, really the the biggest thing you have to look out for when you're ovulating is just wielding your power responsibly, because if you don't, you could end up pregnant. And so you just really, but that's, that's the time. Like if I've got to do photo shoots and stuff for Instagram, Mm -hmm. when I'm ovulating, I'm like, look at my glowing skin, check out these breasts. Like I'm so (laughs) happy to have my picture taken ovulating, menstruating. I'm like, please, I don't want to. (laughs) It's true. And even on my Instagram stories, I noticed as I oh, yeah. talk about this, like that, that I was just posting to Instagram and mm-hmm. then the times when I was actually showing up on Instagram and there is yep. a giant difference for me. Um, oh, totally. It's, and, and why not cater to some of this? It really does. It just, it just makes life easier. And so, so we ovulate, we head into our luteal phase and about halfway through our luteal phase, all of our hormones tank. And so that hormone crash that we're going through, we're losing all of our estrogen and all of our progesterone all at the same time. And that is when you decide to cut bangs, you hate your (laughs) husband, you hate your children, you made every bad life decision. Everything you did in your life was a mistake and you should question it. (laughs) And you should question everyone and everything and you can't be bothered 
also why is everything so sad (laughs) (laughs) and it is a weird place to be in and ashlyn i'm sure you know because you're like i know i'm crazy right now but it feels it's real (laughs) i hate you i know i hate you i swear to you i hate you and i hate our children and i have to leave i can't be here anymore because i hate everyone yeah Okay. I just, I love you. And we're laughing because it is laughable. And I hope that people aren't like, take it serious because it is, it, you feel crazy. There is once a month where I just go and lay in my bed upstairs while they're all downstairs. And I'm like, just leave me alone. Like you go look at my journal. And those are the times when I'm like, I hate everyone. Mm -hmm. I hate my business. I hate my friends. I hate my family, everyone. I gotta start over. I gotta burn it down. I gotta burn this mother down, and I gotta start over. I made terrible, terrible life decisions. This is all wrong. Oh, why do we do this? Okay, yep. Because (laughs) we're losing all of our hormones at the same time, and you guys, it is a nasty, nasty crash, Mm. and it happens every single month. And there are ways to make this easier. Magnesium helps. Zinc helps. Like, there's a fantastic book by Laura Bryden called The Period Repair Manual, and it is so well written she's so knowledgeable but it goes through like hey are you struggling with this part of pms or pmdd try this supplement try doing this in your life try taking this try and it you can definitely smooth the edges but when it comes down to it you're going to have that hormone crash that's Mm -hmm. that's just part of that's part of your cycle and then we had into menstruating and that's when we're bleeding and for a lot of people myself included i wake up that morning bleeding going oh thank goodness i'm not going to be insane anymore i'm finally bleeding we can now like yes take a minute and hibernate and then get right back on with our lives you know yes okay so april i printed out you have like a free printable i don't Mm -hmm. remember if it's on your instagram if you go to my Instagram and sign up for my email newsletter, you actually, it'll get sent to you automatically. Okay. So I printed this out and I have it. I have a little door in my bathroom that I open up and it's all my face, whatever stuff, but that's right there. And it's that reminder mm-hmm. of, like you said, to take certain, eat certain foods during yep. these weeks and do the, it, like, I don't know if you ever look at I it. I totally do. <laughs> but it's, it's something about like, the vagina and big bold mm-hmm. letters caught my attention. Yep. But it's helpful. Like, and yeah. I would have never known these things had someone like you not been vulnerable enough to say, you know what, there's information out there that can help you do this yeah. better. Like it's yeah. happening whether you want to control it or not. Totally. So you might as well learn about it and take yep. some control over what yeah. we can, right? Yeah. April, can I, can I, uh, ask you about PMDD? So I, um, sometimes I'll I'll meet with women with clients and they're in that, they're in that kind of, I hate everything phase. Um, Mm -hmm. and, um, some women that I've talked to, they really understand PMDD and they've been diagnosed with it. Um, they talk about it. Um, some women have never even heard of it. Mm -hmm. And, and so, maybe if you could just speak to that, what's the difference between PMDD and, and just a normal, a a normal menstrual cycle? I think it's the same. It's, it's really, I feel like it reminds me a lot of what you're suffering from is normal people anxiety versus we maybe need to talk about medication anxiety. Mm, So it's, you, you know, so you've seen that like same with depression, you're going, you're depressed right now versus you have depression. And something that was really incredible, I love my therapist. We've been together for 15 years. You know, I'll go in and out through seasons, you know, based on what's going on. And I went to see him last fall. I have PCOS. And so, which can cause a a lack of ovulation, which is called an an ovulatory cycle. And one way you can tell if you have these is if your cycles are very long, like if they're 35 days, 36 days, and you feel off. So I went in and I sat down with him and I was like, I'm just struggling with, you know, X, Y, and Z. I was feeling very, it's weird, not necessarily suicidal, but I was like, let's drive the car off the road. Cause I'm tired. Like even right. I, I either want to die or maybe yeah. just have like a stint in the hospital. Cause I'm tired, you know, like I'm just over this. And so I went in and I was talking to him cause I was like, something's wrong. And he was like, what you're describing right now 
is it you? So something's going on. He's like, this sounds like hormones and you need to go do medical rule out. And that is what I would recommend to any therapist, especially if they are coming in with PMDD. I feel like that's a team situation where you want to be working with a medical team to see what they can do about from a medical aspect and then what you can do from a therapy aspect. I love what you just said because therapists miss that all the time they, yeah. they they try to solve the problems they try to work through mm-hmm. them and it's just trying you know you know that they, they need to address it medically and they need mm-hmm. to also accept that they that's where they're at yep. um it doesn't help when they come into therapy and the therapist says you should feel better um mm-hmm. r- right and so it's mm-hmm. it's i think it's important for therapists to really be educated about what pmdd is huge so. well Thank heavens he caught that I, because I was like, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that I'm not ovulating. And if I'm not ovulating, that means I have all this extra estrogen in my system. And what do we know about extra estrogen? It literally makes you crazy. So here I am having all this ideation and all these other problems. Soon as I got my crap together with the PCOS and started ovulating again, all of that magically disappeared. And we don't talk about this enough. There is so much, if you're not taking good care of your body, it will cause mental problems. (laughs) And until you take care of your body, no therapist can fix those problems. Yes. I hope, yeah. I hope you guys just listen to that because it sounds like a simple statement you just said. Yeah. But it really is a whole part of this. And I know Kobe Mm -hmm. and I both have stepped into that arena of this isn't one person's job. No. to fix my life. One, it's my mm-hmm. own, but it's that ownership of like, things aren't right. And mm-hmm. I need help. This isn't me. Yep. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah, definitely. But I, I think, you know, when you start to shine a light on this in a relationship and as a partner, it is, it's like, how can I support you? What can I do to kind of assist in this? And then like, like I said, let's just shift our society over to a matriarchal style <laughs> because there's more naps. And I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so April, can you can you just share very quickly what a medical rule out is very simply so that way if someone's like okay that sounded really good but I don't know what that what that entails can you just give yeah. us a little breakdown of what that looks like So for example uh let's say you are struggling with your sex life your libido is a hot mess and you it's just not there and you're like I don't know what's wrong with me I used to have a libido I don't think this is who I am if you were to go see a sex therapist and say, Hey, my libido has gone. The first thing that they're going to say is like, have you seen your doctor? Do you have something medically wrong with you that would be causing your libido to maybe not be showing up for you? Or is this a mental problem? Because when it comes down to it, like some things are physical issues, some things are mental issues and some things are both. And so where I wasn't, where I wasn't ovulating and I was having an ovulatory cycles, for example, I medically, when I, I do, I manage my PCOS uh, aside from medicine, but I also have a doctor overseeing my care, right? So I treated the physical problem with the PCOS and then was able to see improvement in the mental problems that I was suffering from. So a medical rule out is addressing those, those things that maybe feel like they're mental, but are actually physical. And what kind of medical professionals um, could one include? Just a general family doctor? Do they need to see somebody specialized? What would you recommend? It depends on what the issue is. It's it's a whole, and like I said, a lot of times the best way to look at a lot of these things is on a team, as a team. You know, uh, working with a nurse midwife was really such a beautiful way to see how that could look because she oftentimes was, you know, needing to team up because she needed to escalate people into more medical type care. Um, But then once the problems were fixed, oftentimes they would be able to transfer care back into her or, you know, so... It's, it's looking at it that way. Um, I have a fantastic family doctor who I adore. I typically check in with him first and then go, okay, where do you want to send me from here? Just like you would anything else. Okay. Awesome. That's really good information because knowing where to go, where to start with that. It's, I mean, it's honest, honestly like therapy too, because we knew that we had an issue with therapy and we saw a general therapist, like a family therapist, individual therapist for years mm-hmm. We also saw and made no progress. Yeah, yeah, we did, and, yeah. and made no progress. And so, understanding that there's specializations mm-hmm. um, yeah. is a, it was a huge thing, and uh, well, that made all the difference for us. People don't realize too. Um, you can go see a nurse midwife for gynecological care, and I prefer the midwifery model of care over a traditional medical one. And so, that's who I go to for you know reproductive issues specifically. I have a team of nurse midwives that I see. 
Um, but that's something that you can see as well. You might have a nurse practitioner that you prefer over, you don't necessarily have to go to an OBGYN. You know, you can start with an NP or a CNM and then escalate to them if you need to. It's kind of like, I mean, for me personally, we see a family doctor. We've never needed to go to a pediatrician. And so, but if we needed to, we would escalate up to pediatrics, you know? Makes sense. All right. Um, any other questions, boys, for Miss April while we have her? Uh, I, yeah, I got one. So, uh, but let me explain just a little bit. Um, a, lot of the, a lot of the men that, that we work with, um, they, they're sex addicts and they're, they've, they've used women in a lot of ways and used women for their self-worth. And so in their marriages, um, they're, they're quite what we call codependent to their wives. If their wives are angry or upset or they have a hard time um, tolerating that, not taking it personally. And um, so here, here we are, we're talking about this cycle that inevitably is going to happen. Um, what would you say, April, to, to men to, to be able to um, not just weather the the cycle but to embrace the cycle and create even more intimacy and more connection in their relationship what what advice would you give um i think recognizing that that's what's going on is key um and then embracing it i mean it's it's like i keep kind of joking about but i mean really it's like oh is it are we is this a quiet week of naps and rest i'm down with that I yes. can also enjoy a quiet week of naps and rest and taking it easy. Oh, are we alphabetizing the library? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't so, want to do that, but you know what? I support you. <laughs> so, so, so April, April, my wife is like clockwork and it's, and she's really cool too. So we talk seasons and, and I'm like, like, like right now, my wife is, um, she's just coming out of summer and going into mm -hmm. fall. And I, I know that. And, 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 sh and I'll bring it up to her. And she actually appreciates that I know that. And I'm aware of that with her. And, and when she's in certain seasons, I know like, you know, during summertime, the lingerie is coming out. During wintertime, oh, yeah. like I'm taking the kids to the park and mm -hmm. getting the heck out of there. Yes. You know, and, mm -hmm. and, and, and what's interesting is during the wintertime, if I am strong in my masculinity, if, if I know who I am as a man, um, then I can provide empathy. I can provide space for her and, and really create safety in that relationship for her. And mm -hmm. when spring and summer come around, watch out because there's going to be some really good connection going on. Right. Yep. Um, and, and, and so it, Connections you know, during sex, right? That's what that means. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I really like what you just said. Embrace it. It's yeah. it's yeah. embrace it together. That's the key to it all. Educate yourself. What we talk about today is so important for both men and women in relationships. Educate yourself and embrace it. That's the key. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I, I was just going to say, I had a gal today in my women's group who said, I hope that men will listen to this episode that you're doing today with April, because she said, I don't know how to talk about it with my spouse. And it's this really vulnerable, uncomfortable topic that is affecting our life all mm -hmm. the time. All and the time. How do we bring it up? And so, um, I think it's one of those, I mean, there's so many uncomfortable conversations that we can have, right? But the more mm -hmm. we start to practice and say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about something hard. Um, we have a whole episode on how to, how to start a hard conversation. If, you, mm -hmm. if this is one of your hard conversations, listen to that episode and figure out how you can prepare and step into this and say, I want us to both understand what's going on. And it's not just my job. Like we're a partnership and I want mm -hmm. you to understand me. And I need to understand myself, no matter how old you are. Um, I know when, yeah. I, when I listened to your presentation, I told Kobe, man, had, had I been taught this when I like went through, what is it called? Where you go? Maturation. Maturation. <laughs> had, I, had they explained to me, oh, you're fertile. You should be careful. You know, I'm sorry. I have generations of my family members who've gotten pregnant 
in, you know, right after high school because they mm-hmm. weren't educated mm-hmm. and it was exciting and fun. And to, to go into my daughter started her cycle, um, for the first time, she immediately mm-hmm. knew mom tracks her cycle. She said, I want to be on the app. I want to start tracking mine. So mm-hmm. it's the cutest thing. She's 12 years old and she takes my phone. She documents what she's feeling with her body, what with her mental and with her cycle, like with the flow. And I just think, wow, like if that's part that. of part of this process, right? Is we learn first and yep. then we can pass that on and we yep. can do better and our kids can be better. Um, you can raise your boys to understand and, and respect rather than throw your wife under the bus and say, she's PMSing, um, mm-hmm. right? Well, it's, it's funny because as soon as we were talking about that, that's exactly the direction I was going to go. Um, because a lot of times people are like, I can't, I can't, I can't talk to my, my partner about sex or I can't talk to my partner about my cycle. And my concern with that is, well, if you can't talk to the person that you're married to, how do you expect to talk to your children? And where's the best place to practice? It's, it's with your partner. It's with the other person that's raising the kids with you. How are we going to talk about this? How, what kind of, how do we want to present this? And because if you're setting this example for your children, this loving, respectful, like example of what that looks like, and you're normalizing that, those are the expectations that they're going to have for their spouse. And also the expectations now that they have for themselves. And how incredible is that? Like, I love so much that she's already charting her cycle. And it's so frustrating to me because there's this very old school way of thinking that if we tell kids about their menstrual cycles and we tell them about their fertility, and if we tell them that sex is fun and feels good, that they're all going to go out and get pregnant. And I would argue that the exact opposite is true. And it's, we, I have a book called Taking Charge Your Fertility. It's one of my favorite books to recommend to absolutely everyone. It talks exactly like what I'm talking about today goes way into more depth about it, but I feel like that should be required reading in junior high. I feel like everyone should read that. They should know these things. This is like, we've known this since the beginning of time, but for some reason, we're not doing a good job passing it on to our kids. Oh, so true. So true. And I will, I have to say this, Kobe, my daughter I mean, she like announces it, you know, we're guys, I'm, I got to go take a shower. I just started my, you know, and it's like, it's to me awesome because when I started my cycle, my period for the first time, I hid everything. I'm not telling, not telling my mom, I'm not telling my sisters, which is bananas to me because, um, and I don't know why, why it's been so different. We're more open obviously, but, um, I really appreciate that she can tell her dad and not be we talk about our flow how was your flow today this is like day four right and she's like yeah it wasn't as bad as it was you know two days ago that's awesome Kobe. <laughs> and it's I, uh I it's that. seriously as normal as saying like where are we gonna go eat for dinner <laughs> you're setting an example though and when she when this comes up for her to have conversations with her spouse it's not gonna be a big deal because she's like well i talked to my dad about this at the dinner yeah. table like this is not a big deal talking yeah. to him about it and it's gonna lead to her having such a better life in general because if you can then talk if you can talk about menstruation there are people who can talk even about sex all day long but as soon as you start talking about period blood they're like oh mm, mm -mm." if you can have that be so open sex is going to be something that she can talk about genitals consent all these things are going to be an easy discussion she's going to have an enjoyable and fantastic sex life because of these building blocks that you're placing how wonderful what a gift to give your kids Okay, we gotta we gotta have April on again sometime and just talk about sex ed with kids. No, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, this has given us. Part of that. Yes. It is part of that, um, and I can totally see the framework on it. And and the truth is too is that what I'm kind of seeing in my head is a um, almost almost an implementation of your the seasons right? That you've talked about into a couple's recovery process from when, when you have individual therapy, when you have couples therapy, when you have um, a a therapeutic disclosure, um, all of like, and, and there's more, there's much more after that, right? Of, of understanding how to best, how to maximize recovery through knowing your vagina. Yep. And, and, and the same thing with their partner is understanding that, um, 
that there's all kinds of, I mean, empathy, let me just say this as, as, as a, as a guy who was in douche mode for so long, that's, that's Kobe for um, addict mode. But, um, and this is my thinking face right here, but, but empathy for Ashlyn and the hurt that I, that I caused her, that I caused you, Ashlyn, was so hard for me to wrap my head around because I couldn't get past my own shame of what I was doing. But if, if I can begin having empathy and seeing how you struggle in the different seasons of your cycle, then that might be a doorway to build empathy for who you are as an individual, right? And I don't mean to, to, to compartmentalize you from your cycle and, and do that, but I think that there's like this, there's this built, there, there are building blocks in empathy and there's a path of empathy that, that one can take. And had I, had I understood this content years ago or even six years ago when we started, when we started therapy, it would have helped me so much to not take things personally and to have empathy for what you're feeling and what you're going through. Um, and it would have, it would have had, um, I think a very important impact on, on us. So I, I, I see a lot of real, um, just a lot of good coming from this for people understanding um, just the, the, the menstrual cycle of their partners. Well, and something that I want to focus on too, because we, we often talk about the struggles of, of maybe menstruating, right? What we don't talk enough about is the empowerment and the strengths that we have as we go through. Um, because that deep intuition that you enjoy while you're menstruating is very real. And when you tune into that, when you take the time to meditate, when you take the time to rest, you get to finally plug into some of that. And so it's not, it's not just that we struggle. It's also that we are incredibly powerful and we're not tapping into that power. And we need to. It's beautiful. That's beautiful. We need to though. Like how, how wonderful is it to have an empowered spouse mm -hmm. versus a victim or someone who's, who's looking for a villain, right? And how often do we villainize each other and also become a victim when in reality we need to step into our empowerment. We need to recognize the strengths of our cycle and we need to recognize instead of, because when girls go through maturation, it's horrific. You're going to bleed randomly. It's going to suck. Everyone's going to treat you differently. You get to sprout hair all over the place that you should then immediately <laughs> remove because you, and also now you smell bad. Whereas boys are like, I got hair on my balls out, and I'm getting bigger and stronger and cooler. Awesome. And my voice just got deep. <laughs> yeah. Let's flip that script. Let's talk about like, you now have the power of, of giving life. Yeah. You have all these strengths that happen to you throughout your, your monthly cycle. You have all these incredible powers at your disposable disposal. If you just tap into them. Oh, Beautiful. I love that. Beautiful. Love it. All right, April, I got to say uh, one of the personally, one of the most important things I did in my marriage um, was get educated about um, women's menstrual cycles and understanding my wives. And, you know, Kobe said, you know, you can work the seasons into your marriage. I think, I think whether you like it or not, the seasons are in your marriage <laughs> yeah. and, you know, <laughs> and, and me and my wife, we actually have a ton of connection ar around it and, and it's fun. It's it, it, to, to watch the cycle go through. And mm -hmm. um, so, so with that, um, April, your, your blog, uh, any other resources you, you could give to our audience um, that you could share with us? So I highly recommend, like I said, the period repair manual by Laura Bryden, such a good read. I feel like everyone should read that taking charge of your fertility. 100% should be required reading. It is by Tony Weschler, such an incredible book. It's so good. And it, it's, I bought it thinking like, this is going to be like a textbook. That's a hard read. And it reads like a friend's blog and it's so informative. Uh, it goes through essentially what charting would look like if you wanted to chart, um, how to use your cycle either for birth control or to get pregnant. Um, and it goes through all the depths. I mean, that's where you learn about cervical mucus. That's where you learn about your cervix moving throughout the month. I mean, one thing that's been fun for us too, if you do want to talk about things like intimacy and intercourse, like your insides, your vagina, your cervix, it all kind of moves around and rearranges throughout the cycle. So certain things might be more pleasurable during certain times of your cycle. So, well, I mean, this really does, it affects every single little piece 
of your life and your relationship. It really does. And tuning into it just makes everything so much easier. Yeah. So cool. That's empowering. Yes. That's beautiful. So April, you have your own podcast. I highly Mm -hmm. recommend you going subscribing to that today. The vagina blog podcast. Yes. Yes. Um, some really great episodes, um, on there and I follow you on Instagram. I really enjoy the information there. Um, and just opening the discussion, there's a lot of education there, but also just like, Oh, I hadn't considered this or, Oh, you know, it's, it's just thoughtful information out there. Um, if they want to get a hold of you, where's the best place for them to do that? Instagram's definitely where I live. I mean, I obviously I have the blog, um, and then the the podcast. I'll do a little bit on Twitter. I don't do a ton on Facebook, but so Instagram's really kind of home base for me for sure. That's right. rad. And okay. you will be a we're we're traveling this week, the Mitchells, and uh, we will be listening to uh, specific episodes of the Vagina Blog podcast uh-huh. because the girls will dig it for sure. Yeah, I do. That's cool. All right. Well, we'll put all of your information in our show notes here on uh, Facebook as well as on iTunes and other places. So thank Perfect. you for being here, April. We really appreciate it. April, thank you so much. It's great thank being you with for you. Me. Yep. Thanks, guys, for being here. Take good care. Bye bye.